Hi, and thanks for joining me, Elizabeth, at another episode of I Want to Talk About This Poem. I'm feeling really good about the turnaround time on this episode, much shorter than the last couple. Today, the poem that I want to talk about is Distance by Julie Danho. Julie Danho is a Providence, Rhode Island-based poet whose most recent book is Those Who Keep Arriving. It was the 2018 Gerald Cable Book Award winner and was published by Silverfish Review Press. Julie Dano is a poet whose work I have read here and there for the last couple of years, and every time I read one of her poems, I have a little ooh, but when I got her book, I was really um, just blown away by the range and depth of the experiences that she describes, so I would encourage anybody who, um, especially women, who are thinking, um, you know, who are in that difficult time of motherhood and labor and also love and wonder to seek out this book. It's really beautiful. Distance by Julie Dano. You can fawn over cancer in a smoker if you've never taken a drag. You can feel sorrier when the woman was mugged late at night. And when a child drowns, you know you would have latched that fence, listened for footsteps by the door. It's said that tragedy draws us closer, yet we look for a rock to wedge between us and horror. Yesterday, on the bus route I take to work, a man stabbed a woman until she died. It was early afternoon I heard it first on the news, and later at our stop, how quickly talk leapt from shock to sympathy to, did she know him? Randomness is the mad king of fear. No one can prepare for a man who pulls a knife before she even looks up. The reporter had said, once it was over, Three men held him until the cops came. Tonight, we waited in wool and fleece, in down and leather, in a tight circle of streetlight. Did any of us wake today and think we'd be dead by day's end? Maybe she did. After all, it was her husband, which made us feel better. It's always safer when someone is killed by someone they loved. There are so many things that I like about this poem that I've been having a hard time deciding where to start. But I think I will start with what I consider to be the big idea of the poem. I think that this poem asks me to hold myself accountable for a truth of human existence. And, you know, earlier today I was reading a Diane Seuss poem about, about truth and beauty and wisdom. And she said, poets shouldn't try to be wise, but maybe they should sometimes try to tell the truth. And I think this poem is telling a very serious truth about how we engage with acts of horror or violence that we see in the world and how we are always trying to rationalize those things away from um, from our, away from ourselves so that they seem less likely to happen to us. 
I really like the way the poem asks me to sit with that idea. When I asked Julie if I could read this poem on my podcast, she told me something so interesting. She said that she often doesn't read this poem at her own readings because she's worried it's too bleak. And I agree, it is bleak. It asks us to think about something that is not nice about ourselves. And yet, I also think that this poem is very generous to us in the holding of the reader in that moment. It never suggests that I, as the reader, am in that space by myself. It always suggests that it's a universal idea that we want to distance ourselves from horror. The poet implicates, or speaker, I should say, implicates herself in this as much as she implicates me. And because it's a shared response, even though what we're being asked to look at, which is the way that we rationalize ourselves out of danger at the expense of others, is um, a really selfish and unsettling thing to think about yourself. The fact that we are both looking at that together, I think, um, is a really generous impulse on the part of the speaker of the poem. So while it's bleak, I also think it is very open-hearted in how it approaches this negative human impulse to distance ourselves from the bad things that have happened to others. The structure of the poem, I think, is very effective. And one of the most effective things that it does is how it doesn't explain that the um, that the killer of the woman in the poem is her husband until the very end. The poet clearly knows that. She um, provides a number of pieces of information about the crime before then. And so clearly that piece of information is available, but it's held to the back. And I think that by holding that to the end, it really um, opens up one of the ways that this poem is pressing um, on the contrast between distance and presence all the way through. Even though it's called distance, in the end, it's the closeness of the victim and the killer that makes the speaker feel safe. So there's a paradox there that other people's closeness and our distance from that closeness is what brings us uh, safety. And the poem, I think, um, moves between distance and closeness throughout. The reports of what happened on the on the news are very distant. Then there's the closeness of everyone huddled together at the bus stop under the streetlight. So throughout, the poem moves back and forth between closeness and distance, using closeness um, both as a way to be safe um, and as a way to get distance from the things that are dangerous. Another way that the poem for me moves between um, closeness and distance is in the way that some of the language is very sort of repertorial. You know, it was early afternoon, a man stabbed a woman until she died. Those are very direct statements. And then it moves into these vast metaphors for me, like randomness is the mad king of fear. That is such a powerful metaphor and especially juxtaposed into the very 
uh, sort of ordinary language of telling what the speaker learned on the news. When I look at that line, randomness is the mad king of fear, I just, I think it's almost Shakespearean in its image. I picture Lear uh, in his horrifying, <laughs> um, you know, insanity uh, in the storm and the absolute terror of the unexpected things that can happen to you, um, especially for women which is hinted at in the next line when, when the speaker says, no one can prepare for a man who pulls a knife before she even looks up. I can't close off talking about this poem without saying a little bit about the language too, because the um, rhythm in the first line, you can fawn over cancer in a smoker, I think sets you up for uh, something that's really going to be about other people, even though you is in the first line. And then the the rhythm switches so much if you've never taken a drag. And all of a sudden, in that rhythm, you realize that this poem is not going to be about other people, that it's going to be about you. Uh, Julie holds on to that ER sound all the way through the poem, and especially in the very last uh, sentence when she writes, it's always safer when someone is killed by someone they loved. That safer comes all the way back from the cancer and the smoker and the never to tie this big moment of horror and tragedy to kind of the little times that you have excused yourself from feeling connected to or implicated in the bad things that have happened to other people. I really, really like this poem a lot, and I like a lot of the other poems in Julie's book, and I would encourage you to seek it out. Thank you so much for coming to um, talk about this poem with me, and I hope that you also have poems that you would like to talk about. Take care.